on the tip of the tire podcast. I know I said we would be doing this a little more consistently, and I lied to you. I don't like lying to people. I feel like it's pretty dishonest on my part. But we are going to make a more concerted effort to do this more regularly, um, at least once a week. Now that the hockey season is starting, we have more things to talk about. Uh, with me is Austin Owens. Uh, Jake Milton is on his way back to the great state of New Jersey, which I got to visit last week. A lot of fun. Um, wish I could be there longer. Wish I could go back sooner. Uh, but that will be a conversation when we have Jake on, because I'm sure if I tell him certain things, he would agree with my assessment. But Austin, it's been a rather interesting time for you. You were trying. Oh, really? To... I haven't been to New Jersey or New York. No, but you were trying to get your oh, Twitter right, account that. back. Can we? Can we? I, I don't know if any of you have. To, uh, all of you have Twitter. Probably most of you do if you're listening to this podcast. If you ever get your Twitter account hacked or suspended, which I know has happened, I know that guy people who have verified accounts. It's a little bit different than us who don't verified accounts. I, I've heard of people. And there's also one other thing. If you are a working journalist for a big company like Sportsnet, TSN, uh, anything like that, your company has a direct relationship with Twitter and they can just call them and talk to them about it. Unfortunately for people like us that are not verified and don't have that following. blogger Austin Owens doesn't have that opportunity. Well, you're just not verified. You could go and get verified. I mean, I could, but with my new following. So, Austin, you want to explain to us? Kind of a big deal. Why don't you explain to the lovely people how this all happened? Ah, well, long story short, one day I got a thing saying, a message, an email, if you will, um, saying that uh, somebody has tried to sign into your account. And, uh, yeah, we're going to just shut it down because it wasn't you and uh, you didn't respond to us in time to let us know that you're still there. So... We're just going to shut your account down. I said, okay, let me get all the Twitter support. Let me let me figure this whole situation out. Twitter support doesn't have a call line, any customer support whatsoever. It has a series of articles that helps you fix your problem. The issue with mine is it told me to go reset my password. Apparently, my password had already been reset. So I was just on this constant circle of doing Twitter articles in the same BS login screen until Twitter decided, hey, idiot, you've been doing this too much, you've exceeded your amount of tries, and you can't sign anymore, so leave us alone for a couple hours. So, so I said, F you, Twitter, I'm going to make a new account. Yeah, and, and just to also clarify, Austin's account has not had anything bad tweeted out yeah, from it or anything like that. the weird thing. It's the first thing I was like, somebody's hacked my account. I'm like, I had a tweet actually do well for once. Shout out to Tim and Sid real quick. Um... <laughs> You and got you put a target on your back. That's what happened. Somebody save, wanted to get back that conversation for another day because I could go on for a minute about that. Um. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it's suspicious timing, I guess. Um, but I didn't have a follower count that really deemed me hackable or important enough. Yeah. So the but first thing I did was look and see. Oh God, what has this person tweeted out? Obviously, I'm affiliated with the CFL now. I'm affiliated with. Multiple other places, our school, uh, Tip of the Tower, obviously, Lacrosse Flash, which I write for. So the first thing I said is, I'm going to get a bunch of angry emails from people that are above me saying, what the hell are you tweeting out? Nothing tweeted out. My account was just locked down by Twitter, and I could not get it back. 
So that's a good thing. The yeah, bad thing is your Twitter. Thank God for that. But Twitter, fix your damn support. So, yeah. The first thing is, you know, uh, I don't know how many people have found... Now I'm starting to understand why a lot of places are doing the two-step verification. Yeah. Um, where you have to give your cell phone number, text you a code. Yeah. I love that now, after hearing your situation, unfortunately. That was part of my issue, is I only had my email down, and Twitter never told me to update it. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So it was like, just kept doing that, and my phone number was associated to an old school Twitter account I used, so it never popped up with my original. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's that. Way she goes. It's unfortunate, but now it's a new beginning for the Austin Owens Twitter <laughs> nation. So uh, your new Twitter account is underscore Austin Owens one. The exact you, same Twitter handle the one at the end. You missed the big opportunity to do Austin Owens two point I meant just like when Biz, a good time, Dave. Alright, that's it. I'm changing it. Uh, come on, you got it like come on. Do it right now. Change it to 2.0. Well, I'm not doing, like, the biz nasty. That's not it. No, I'm not asking you to do Oz nasty. To, like, do Austin Owens. No, no, no. Biz, biz is literally 2 P-O-I-N-T. Yeah, I know. No, I'm no. not doing that. It's but... a rebirth of the Austin Owens Twitter account. Like, look at this. This guy, we're doing it over, we're doing this podcast over Skype with the video, and he's got a lovely band, uh, headband on. I, I don't know what, uh, what it's like to have a headband and needing it for hair, so... Good on you for that. Uh, a couple of things I want to bring up before we talk Leafs. Austin, guess what you and I both have in common? I mean, we have a lot in common, but guess what we uh, have in common? What could, what could possibly have happened? I'll give you a hint just so that you're not totally lost. On Sunday, what's something that's common between us that Sunday, happened on Sunday? Sunday. That was day six without Twitter. So Nope. It's nothing to do with Twitter. It's sports related. I'm not... I'm not etching little nooks into my wall or anything. Football. Without that social media. Football. Think football. Football. Uh, well, the CFL wasn't on. Nope. While you're at it, watch the CFL. Quick plug. Um, <laughs> hey, we cover Sunday. Argos on this website. I mean, I lost in fantasy football. Oh, I mean, you and I both got our asses kicked. There's th- that we had in common. That's a, that's a weekly tradition now with you and I. Well, more so I. But. Oh, good Lord. That was... RJ, who uh, I don't know if you li- if you're listening, RJ, RJ. you will. Uh, event- RJ beat both of us in different leagues in the same yeah, week. Exactly, he kicked our ass. Also, he, he's the ringer of each fantasy league we're in. Okay, let me let me just get onto this quick. Uh, RJ, who I'm tr- been trying to recruit to come and write for us at Tip because I love his baseball and basketball knowledge. He's very R- good at fantasy sprouts. Um, RJ made a trade this past week to pick up. You know? Would you remember the trade RJ made? No, I don't really pay attention. You you remember this trade? He traded Too busy for, losing, Dave. He traded away Zach Ertz and the Chicago Bears defense, yeah. and he got Mike Evans. <laughs> so if you want to know why okay. RJ kicked my ass, it's because he picked up he picked up Mike Evans, who he only had forty five fantasy points, which is very good for anybody that doesn't play fantasy football. Now, in fairness, and my other that's league, going to go down to the best point total of the season. Yes, and now in fairness, in the league that we have with Jake, I had Mike Evans. The problem was the rest of my team, other than Pat Mahomes, did doodly squat, yeah. and the other guy had the Bears defense, who did a lot. There was a point to this conversation before we got on fantasy yeah. football, but. The point well, of this conversation is, as bad as we are at fantasy football, our football teams are 3-0. and Yeah, we're pretty okay. 
that were pretty okay. The San Francisco 49ers are 3-0. The Dallas Cowboys are 3-0. Your Jimmy Garoppolo, the lovely Italian being he is, oh, bella. is 3-0 to start the season. Yes, some... Uh... Anyway. <laughs> George Kittle, that was phenomenal. George Kittle's my boy, and I will fight anyone that doesn't like him. They are 3-0, while the yes. Cowboys are 3-0. Doesn't that make you somewhat happy? I mean, not really, because I'm getting bashed in fantasy football, but no way, yes. Hey. Well, what, have made, what made me happy was the 49ers won and the Seahawks lost, so that was a good day in my neighborhood. See? And guess what? The Cowboys won and the Eagles lost. That's what made me happy. What a time to be alive. So we had, we had while we might have sucked on fantasy football, we at least had our, the one thing that does matter, which is how well our teams do, they did well. And if you're a Bills fan, because I know for tip, I write for uh, some Bills stuff, because, you know, right now they're 3-0. Who would have thought the Buffalo Bills being 3-0? Shows how much I pay attention. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you, we think about it, and it's like, no, I didn't know the Bills were in. There, there are quite a few teams what? that are three and zero. The Bills would not have been one, my my top pick for sure, but yeah. they are. Uh, so good on them. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's dive right into the Leaf stuff. Um, okay, there's been a, there was a development today on Austin Matthews. This is now, I met and Austin did the right thing also to say we're not touching the Matthews thing. He's texted that to me. He's like, we're not touching Matthews, right? And I'm like, yeah, I should probably send a note to our group. We have a group chat. Oh, it's now. the best thing. Just a side note. It's the best yeah. thing about writing for places that we do is like, you just know, don't touch it. Yeah. It's too hot. Look, and and this is, this. Is, I want to give people, another, like, people think, oh, you're not covering it because you're trying to protect Austin Matthews. It's like, no, because if you were to write something like, if you said Austin Matthews did this, and then it turns out he didn't do it, and you wrote about it, guess what Austin Matthews can do? He can go, here's a nice lawsuit for you. Yeah. Here's and a sweet it, defamation suit, you dicks. And also, yeah, if you write something that you should not have written because you were you don't have all the facts, you are going to get, as Austin said, a defamation suit. The, the worst thing, if I can just step in for a sec, with yeah. writing stuff regarding legal situations is they're the least exciting pieces to write because every other word has to be allegedly when you're running down the situation. Allegedly, Otherwise, you're going to be sued for defamation. Reportedly. Yeah, according to police. Yeah. So, okay, what we do know is Austin Matthews got charged. Um, I'm not going to get into the details. Uh, you can go look that up at a news outlet. We're not talking about news here. I will just well, we're say we're talking about news, just not bad news. Yeah. What I will just say is if you were offended by what it ha- what you've heard or whatever, that's your prerogative. I don't care. But if you're going to condemn someone on something you don't have the full details of, let's make it relax a little bit. I haven't heard I I've been off Twitter for a little bit. I haven't been There weren't any this. nuclear takes today so, from what I was seeing just scrolling through real quick. And and you know why? Because those and Hopefully, more of the people that I would expect to have those nuclear takes have the brains to know. Yes, we are not going to touch. We're stay, not touching this with a ten foot pole. I mean, you can talk about it, but just make sure you're like for anybody that wants to write about this Matthews thing. And I know people that write for Leaf sites, obviously. Mm-hmm. Be so careful with this because 
you never know. Uh, you might seem to you that Austin Matthews is a guy that's like, no, he's cool, he's a Leaf, he won't do anything, but those guys have feelings. If you say something stupid and don't put alleged or word it very carefully, you could be sued. Yeah. It's also it's one of the first things you learn when you're a journalist because it's the one thing most journalists try to that they need to know to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have a journalism law book here in my desk. Hold on. Yep, I do. Right, right there. Yeah, I I I had that from so I took. One of the few people that uh, that bought a, I went that in my uh, Ryerson. That was I, for my undergrad, so yeah. I didn't. I don't think I bought any books when we were in our postgrad. No, we didn't need, really need them. But when I was at Ryerson, I took an ethics and law and journalism. Very important. Oh. Some some people might breeze over that. No, very important. And I had that. That same was a book. mandatory class for us in Blue, but I learned a lot from it. Yeah. So just that that's why we're not going to comment on it. That's why we're not going to say a lot about it. Um, it's just it's not something we should talk about as no. we don't have all the facts. And end of story. It's also just shitty that something like this does go come out because while it's I mean it's a personal thing and I'm not the type of person that is going to condense someone over a personal thing that has nothing to do with their professional life. Yeah. Um. But if yeah, and it's I'm just I'm just gonna leave it at that. I I think yeah we're just we open we be open a can of worms going any further. So Mitch Marner, everyone, <laughs> that's Speaking a of can of worms. Be, yeah. If you want to be mad about something, oh boy. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this one off again. I'm sorry, also yep. I'm just I'm just oh, I'm in the pilot seat right now. I'm you're you're in the pocket right now. Keep firing. So. We, we were going to have a podcast before I left for New York. That just blew apart because yeah, I go, was... go, guy. That was partly my fault because, A, you can't do a podcast when you're in New York. Like, I mean, I could have brought my stuff, but it would have been a douche move. And also, how am I going to enjoy my trip to New York if I'm just thinking about podcasting? No offense to you guys. Um, it's not wrong. And I also had a lot of stuff to get done before I went to New York, so there was that as well. I'm sure most of you would understand that. So we didn't podcast before. We didn't podcast right after because I've been back. I mean, I I saw the Monday night, what appeared to be a Monday night football game between the Jets and Browns. It was, <laughs> it, was it was that. advertised as Monday night football. Um, so I've been back since the two. I got back that Tuesday, and then I was back at work. So that doesn't really help. Yeah. Uh, so we we never got to discuss the Mitch Marner contract. I was. No, without a lie, I was... You want to know where I was when the Mitch Marner contract got signed? Smoking cigars, doing exciting people things? Nope. I was in New York City, in front of the NHL store. That was my second guess. With... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Could have just made that your first. I was legit, without a lie, in front of the... Like, I was walking into the store, and I was like, you see them... And the guys were just like, oh, you see the Marner contract? And they were talking about the Marner contract in New York. I'm like... That's not bad. Like, they're actually not talking about New York stuff. Can we touch um, on something you brought up in New York very quickly? Yeah. There's nothing to do with the Leafs. You said the NBA store doesn't carry any Raptors. Oh, yeah, I New was York. going to get to that. Um, yeah, we'll, oh, we'll, sorry, we'll, I'm ruining we'll, the rest of the podcast. We'll save but... that for the end. Um, okay. We'll save that for the end. Because, yes. Uh, how NHL this? store, Mitch Marner. Yeah. 
Um, I saw the contract. Okay, so earlier in the day, we saw the Darren Drager tweet that he expected it to get done. So I was just like, oh, great. It's going to happen when I'm in New York. Yeah. No, you know what would have been the best thing is just Darren Drager not getting the scoop on the deal. Well, I mean, he didn't have it when it was done. He had it as close to being done. And then actually CJ it had it first. Because yeah. CJ wrote that. It oh, was so we did get really out scoop. Cool. Yeah, he was the one to say that there was like real traction in in the deal. Then Drager said it should it's most likely going to get done before the weekend. And then Ellie Freeman, Mitch Marner, six years, done. Sorry, I was trying to go for the pound. I do like when uh, Freed's just keeps it to the point with those tweets. Yeah, um, and then we got to, and then I think Drager had the contract details. I think he realized, oh yeah. crap, like Freed has it. I got to get the details. My initial reaction. What do you think the first thing I saw? It I mean, we saw the six years from Freeman, but then I saw the 10.893, and I went, well, that's not the best. I'm just going to flat out say it. I did not like the number. People can spin it however they want. Oh, they got six years out of it. They have to get him close to Matthews. I, I, I just don't know what comparable like what made the the marner camp ask for a, a higher number because you know in negotiations you ask for more the team asks for less and you try to find a, a point so austin how the heck do you think the leafs thought 10.893 and they felt really comfortable with that number how do you think how do felt i mean he's not the highest paid winger in the league no he's not <laughs> i don't know but he's the second um, highest paid winger in the league. Is he the second? Artemi bit? Panarin is the highest paid winger. In yes. The league. By the way, do you think? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it with this question. Do you think Mitch Marner is the second best winger in the National Hockey League? Uh, frankly, no. Where would you rank him? I mean, above him, I'd put Kucherov, Kane. Uh. It just for it's what we've been talking about with Mitch Marner and why we didn't think he was going to get more money is he is, I know he had twenty six, twenty five somewhere around their goals last season, but he's not a he's not a guy that's going to score 40, 45 goals a year, and that's what not those he changes his approach. can do for you. Not unless he changes. Now look, do I think he could potentially score that many? I mean, if he changes his uh, his, I'm going to pass it to Zach Hyman all the time. Yeah, I yeah. think so. If you can, he needs to, he would have had over a hundred points if he just fed it to a defenseman instead of Hyman. Like there are things that I think he's trying. I think he was trying too hard because you know how many times players can say, "When I'm on the ice, I make other players better," and that makes me more valuable. I feel like that's somewhat what we were seeing with Marner the last few years. Like he felt like his yeah. job was to. I mean, look, with Tavares there, you're like, let me make sure Tavares is doing really well because then that looks good on me. Like, Mar Tavares had his best, his a career year. That looks you good notice, on Marner. You notice how John Tavares isn't a complete scrub anymore now that Marner's signed? Yeah. It's funny how that works, eh? Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about guys that are above him, who am I forgetting here? I don't think any of the RFAs are better than Marner, let me say that. Unless well, I'm forgetting somebody. Braden Point is as a case because they had similar points. People are thinking Matthew Kachuk. They'd rather have Matthew Kachuk over Mitch Marner. That They'd rather have game. Matthew Kachuk because he's a dick. 
He plays like a dick. He plays that Darcy Tucker. He plays that. He, he plays that. Le- that style that Leafs fans are just like, give me, I want. He's, like that. Like Brad Marchand, he doesn't score as much, but he's also like a foot taller. So uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up here. I don't like the number because it's just it's just what it, the number means. So you're saying like, okay, now I I do want to preface one thing. I think if Patrick Kane is signing a contract today. He's not signing for that number. Like, if we're going to be completely honest here. What bothers me more is Tyler Sagan signed for less. And Tyler yeah. Sagan has had a more accomplished career in terms of... Uh, I'm not saying accomplished in terms of, like, accomplishments with his team. A lot team. of things. He's just... He's been doing it longer. And look, Patrick Kane yeah. signed his deal back in 2015... Tyler Sagan has been doing it long enough that he remembers the first time the Bruins beat the Leafs in Game 7 oh, this decade. Yeah. He was in the lineup. I, I keep forgetting that. I honestly keep forgetting that. And I believe Shirelli and them traded him away the previous the next summer. I think so. Yeah, I think that was... That was the infamous talk that was caught on camera. Yeah, I mean, there it's with those contracts, you're just going to... It's always going to be comparing it to other guys, which is the unfortunate part of it. Um, but it's the nature of the beast with the NHL. He's going to be compared to Patrick Kane because Patrick Kane's probably, for my money, one of the best, if not the best, distributor in the league, other than Connor McDavid. Like, a best distributing winger is what I'm getting at. Oh, and, and just before we get re- uh, even further, I know the Braden Point one is the one that kind of pushed people over the edge. Um, people who are saying the Sebastian Ajo one, guys, no. Sebastian Ajo was not a contract. It was an offer sheet. Those are two different things. Mitch Marner is better than Sebastian Ajo, so we can end that content there. He's, yeah. Sebastian Ajo is a very good player, but Mitch Marner is just... Yeah. It uh, is what it is. Um, now, I will say Tyler Sagan is the highest-paid Dallas Star player. So this is the part I want to get to here. I don't want to go too far off the rails. But there is something to be said that when you have one guy on a team making X amount, so like Connor McDavid making 12.5, Leon Dreisaitl isn't taking... I think people in Edmonton wanted him getting it, getting eight. It's like, how can you justify Leon Dreisaitl making four million dollars less? Like, I know Leon Dreisaitl isn't McDavid, but he's not that low because he's proven that he's gonna be able to produce. He had fifty goals last year. Fifty. That's pretty. Uh, I'll I'll reserve my takes on Leon Dreisaitl because. Now I you know you know my feelings on him. As soon yeah. as I will I will give him all the praise in the world as soon as he produces consistently without Connor McDavid. Yeah, and look, and I understand like the least what they Alex Chason had twenty goals last year with Connor McDavid. He was a fourth liner the year before that. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one thing here. One thing that I have always tried to do when it comes to contracts is look at a when they were signed. Uh, and just the circumstances around it. Mm. Okay, um, I'm trying to find. Jake showed me how to calculate percentages, and I feel on like, cap friendly. Yeah, like finding yeah. out how much a percentage is. Uh, it's just I don't know. Mitch Marner, like, if we want to talk about Mitch Marner's contract, it is it the to. worst contract in the league? No, no, it's not. Not even close. Um, is it the best? Not even close. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, and we, I mean, it, there was so much leak during the summer. We weren't really surprised. The only thing that surprised me was the term. 
Because yeah. Mitch Marner said he wanted more money in less years. So mm-hmm. the fact that the Leafs got him for six years and he doesn't clash with Matthews, who had a five-year, I believe? Uh, Matthews is five years, yes. So he doesn't clash with Matthews. They don't go to free agency the same year. Yeah. Um, that's huge for the Leafs. And, I mean, I, I'm going to sound like I'm defending the contract here. It's not great. But he's a first-line player, and by the time that contract's up, $10.8 million is not going to be that much, especially with the Seattle expansion, especially with the new NHL TV deal coming. Like, the salary cap's going to go up to probably $90 million, if not more, in the next five to six years by the time that contract's up. It, it really should, yes. So, what are we... The Leafs can fit it under the cap now, and when the cap expands, they're going to be able to fit it under as well. Because the best time to ever be an NHLer is... I'd say coming into the league right about now, because now players are making, if you're good, with Nate McKinnon aside, but he'll, he will get his money, you're getting eight plus if you're a good player. If you're an elite player in this league, you're making eight million plus a year, which is massive. And one thing on the Braden Point contract, we all knew he was going to back, go back there. He wanted to be there. He, did, he turned down offer sheets. There's no tax in Tampa Bay. That's why Stamco stayed. That's why Hedman and Vasilevsky and Kucherov all re-upped. Tampa Bay is a great team. They don't have to pay any tax, so they get to keep all of that American money. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Braden Point, he's a center. Yes, he also signed a bridge deal. The Leafs got Marner locked up for three more years. you got to pay for a deal like that, as you should. Marner's entitled to get the money. He's not going to sign a $6 million deal for six years. That's just leaving money on the table if you're one of the best wingers in the game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just tell us, just do one other thing. We, I look, I, the reason why I bring up cap percentage is because Marner's cap percentage, uh, yeah. is 13.37. Patrick Kane is at 15.22. His contract, he and Taves, when they signed them, they yeah. were the first $10 million players, weren't yes, they? Yes, they were. Other than Parise and, they were, uh, Suter. In terms of cap hit, because they yeah, can only, because pure cap hit, not bonuses. Because Parise and, uh, and suitors. They're, they're bonus heavy, aren't they? Bonus heavy, but they were also one of those like fifteen-year contracts. Yeah. I th- I oh, let me double check the term because I don't want to. I think it was thirteen for both. Accuracy is important for me. Kovalchuk was the one that signed the fifteen-year contract with the Devils. Yes. Uh, this one was a thirteen-year. You are correct, sir. Come on down. I think what they make seven and eight something around there each. Uh, he makes seven. Uh, Suter makes seven point five three eight. Parisi hmm. makes easiest way to do this. Get out of the way, calculator. Uh, easiest way would be to do this. Parisi uh, literally identical contracts. <laughs> oh, okay, they're the same number. They signed the friend deals. Yeah. Um, yes, they did. Um, I, I just want to say Patrick came based on my calculations, and they seemed right. His contract now, if he were to sign this like for the same cap percentage now, would be making twelve points around twelve point six million. Yeah, that's what his percentage would be on to in, in terms of inflation would be on today's cap. So we also know what happened when Patrick King and Jonathan Taves signed their deals. We know that Chicago went through a big like teardown, where Artemi Panarin goodbye. Brandon Saad, goodbye, hello again. And hello. <laughs> goodbye, hello again. Um, 
That is still one of the dumbest deals I've ever seen. A side note. Yeah, yeah, not good. Um, Anyhow, well, we Brent Seabrook's contract's an issue. Yeah, like the, the the Caves and Kane contract have never been an issue because those guys still do what they do. What the big contract problems have been are Seabrook six point eight seven five until Keith's getting up there too. Yeah, but at the time he's that still offensive was really good. Like five point, yeah. he's, he's at five point five. That was that was the best deal in the league when he signed it at what five seven five over what five years yeah. or something along those lines. Uh, five point five. <laughs> five point yeah, five. I think he got twelve years. Like, see, this is this is something I want to bring up here. I was a little off on the term. Look, uh, thirteen. He got a thirteen year deal. You don't think if the Leafs could have spread out the money over longer years, they couldn't get that cap number down? The problem is you're trying to squeeze so much money into a five, six-year term. Other teams like Chicago decided we're going to do eight years, the maximum that we could give. Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin, we're going to give them 10-plus years because they're superstar. You never question what Crosby, Malkin, Ovechkin make because they're superstar players. So why is it that when Toronto has superstar players, we're questioning them? And the only How reason... is it still that the most questionable contract on this team is William goddamn Nylanders? <laughs> um, yeah, especially when you will Because I have to jab William Nylander into the conversation every single time. He's the contract I have the least problem with. Because guess I... what? If you have such a problem with it, guess what? That contract's going to be very tradable. So I was I was in the car with my dad a couple days ago. Oh, these always and... go well. He is a pessimist, as am I when it comes to the Leafs, but he more so because he's had to go through, as in his own words, 40 years of this BS. It's <laughs> very true. My dad would be like that, too. He's on the bandwagon. Yeah, he's on the bandwagon when they're scoring, and as soon as they give up a goal, he's he's living the dark ages again. Um, and I had to explain. <laughs> I explained to him many times, but it didn't really kick in until we were talking. The Leafs were on uh, Sportsnet 590. They were talking about the Leafs. And he was talking about Nylander's deal. And he goes, Nylander's deal's not $10 million a year? And I said, no, that's what I've been trying to fucking explain to you. Nylander's only making six point nine. Like, it looks very good once that inflated first-year salary's done. Yeah. It, it's just the way that the him signing late, you get a cap. It's the cap inflation. Oh, and let's talk about that for a sec. I mean, if Kyle Connor, Miko Rantanen, Kachuk, Connor, with that inflated first-year salary, I mean – you're going to get paid either way because uh, those teams cannot afford to take on that cap hit, that large $10 million lump cap hit this year, Calgary and uh, Winnipeg. And so you're either going to get paid or you're you're going to get a lump sum of money this year. So it's a win-win, really, for them. But Patrick Laine is just a different scenario altogether. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't see Patrick Laine <laughs> getting a long-term deal. No. Uh, Connor should – I mean – you might go team up with Pauly Harvey on Carpot. No, and I do agree with that. Um, and, and when it comes to the Marner contract, I'm just going to say this. The Leafs decided they didn't want to do short-term deals. That, that's that's what I got out of this. Kyle Dubas, yep. he, what he paid for was the fact that he did not want three years, like most of the other RFAs. Because, and look, I, I, we're getting so many people saying Kyle Dubas doesn't want to negotiate. He's... Oh, look at what my best favorite comment has. Oh, look what the Boy Wonder GM has been able to, like, did. Steve Simmons, you're a hack. Can you get, like, honest to goodness, 
Kyle Dubas brought to Toronto John Tavares. He has signed a core that many people did not think the least. Guess what? Even though they're all getting paid a lot of money, and look, I, I, I understand where some people get off on the, oh, well, you know, you're paying them before they accomplish anything. Well, you're also paying them because you believe they can accomplish something. That, I think, says a lot when uh, to a player. I think it says a lot to a player when a GM says, you know what? You want this money? We think you deserve it, or we're willing to pay it to you. Now it's up to the players. Like, what Kyle Dubas has done, too, is he's basically said to these players, I gave you what you wanted. Now it's up to you to perform. Now also that puts a lot of pressure on Dubas. If they don't perform, I understand that. That doesn't give him a free pass. But he decided, I want six years. I want to keep this core. The Leafs don't... What What do the Leafs have to do up front for the next five to six years? Nothing. Especially Absolute, with the This was something that Steve Dangle brought up on his podcast with Marner signed. What team can say they have their top six locked up for the next five to six years? No one. No team in the NHL. Not Tampa. Uh, Oh, by the way, for everyone that says, oh, look at what Tampa has been able to do. What has that gotten them? It's gotten them nothing. They haven't won anything. So how can you say, oh, Tampa's the model? They're not the model. What they're the model of is... Yeah, guys are taking deals, but guess what? Those same guys... They're the model are... of great GM work. Yeah, great GM work that hasn't led to any winning. And look, I understand the Leafs haven't won anything either. But if the Leafs were to win within the next three to four years, which I think they are capable of, who should get the most credit? Kyle Dubas. Also, if I'm going to love how when the Leafs, if the Leafs win the Cup, Babcock's going to get absolutely no credit for it. Because we if, know that's going to happen. Let's, let's just let's leave it at if for now. I did mention I'm a pessimist. Yes. I mean, you're everyone's a pessimist. This is the problem. You know what's funny? This is what I love about NFL football fans. They are the most blind because they're thinking, their belief is we're going to win every week. Do you see that kid that got the Cleveland Browns tattoo on his leg? Yes. <laughs> and his, his rationale? Like, his rationale is that... I don't care. I believe in my team. Good. Know what I've said? Sure. Good for you, kid. Because we need more kids that are not passive aggressive. Sorry, Austin. That's you're kind of part of this. That are passive aggressive. Oh, passive. I thought you were gonna say bandwagon. No, you're that are passive aggressive. Like, yeah, I don't think they like. Eh. Like you're, you're like the leaves. I'm not, gonna be, I'm not saying passive aggressive. I'm just saying. I will be very happy when they do it. I'm just not going to blow smoke no, no. over every single thing. I'm not either. Because it's the Leafs. Now, I also understand where people are talking about the whole, oh, yes, they paid a lot of money up front. Their back end is – I look at this on Cat Friday and my eye twitches a little bit because – They it, don't get guys signed next season. Their back end is going to be ugly. Let's just call it what it is. If the Leafs can't get Travis Dermott's contract done um, – Yeah. That, that – and the two UFAs. But that's a tall task. So this is one thing I will say. Uh, we're, actually, we'll get to this. I, well, we'll do it in a little bit of this now. Uh, we, we all know what everyone's been talking about with Rasmus Sandin. Or Sandin? Sandin? What, what is it, Austin? You know. He's look good. Okay. Is it Sandin or Sandin? Really... 
Okay, that's uh, this is like, this is point number two I want to bring up. I, if Timothy Logan doesn't make the team this year, I'm not gonna be upset about it. No, that's what I've been saying since the off season. If Rasmus Sandin doesn't make the team, I'm not gonna be upset about it. You want to know why? One is 19, the other one is 20. They're like honest to goodness, they're defensemen. How many times in Toronto have we said? This guy was brought up too early. I, I, people were saying that about Morgan Riley. They're like, look what's happening. This guy's confidence at 19 years old when he was paired with Cody Franzen. Do we remember that year? I remember that year. I remember the year he was supposed to go to the World Juniors when Nugent Hopkins was going over. Was that the lockout year? That no. was the lockout year, yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, because yeah, Yakupov. Anyway, yeah, I remember them always being like, well, send Mo, send Mo over. That's the only thing I remember about that season, other than the Leafs. Um, well, they made the playoffs. That's about it. <laughs> that first year that Morgan Raleigh was with the Leafs, because he played some AHL games at the end of the year. Yep. He was a minus 13. He played 73 games. He also went to Canada with the World Championship. He, oh, he, okay, he, nice. Uh, yeah, he's, he was there. He went to the World Championship uh, twice in the time that yep. he was um, – in in um, when he was kind of young, grow up up and coming. Yeah. The only player I'm worried about on that defense that I want to get signed is Morgan Riley. Mm, yes. Okay. It seems like he'll be 28 when he that contract. He'll be in his done. prime. He'll be in his prime. That's the only contract I'm a little worried about. That's three years from now. The cap will change. Some of these expensive contracts will be nearing their end. So you're going to be thinking like Tavares is not going to make 11 year, 11 million, you know, after his deal. Because most likely he's at the near end of his career. Yeah. I mean, that's just. He's, he's going to be, what, 35 when that contract's uh, up? 37. 34? He's 29 right now and he has another. Oh, that's what I'm. He's not like twenty-seven. Yes, right? six more years. So yeah, he'll be about, he'll be thirty-five. From okay. my math, is correct. That. Yeah, like these guys are going to be either in their prime. Like you're gonna, that's something you'll figure out down the road. Um, yeah, like Morgan Riley, he's a guy like he will be the next priority on this list. Um, yeah. your goaltending will be a priority, but like with the way the NHL goaltending is now. You don't need to spend... Like, I, this is the thing. When St. Louis won with Bennington... Bennington? Not Bennington, because that does make sense. Winnington. Like, do we need to worry about Frederick Anderson two years after he's done in two years? No, that's the next thing people are going to, and I hate it. No, but this Just is... Just enjoy the team. The, yeah, he'll be here for the You know the, the best next... part about Frederick... Go ahead. Frederick Gauthier, I was about to say. Frederick Anderson. Yeah. Being under contract for the next two years? He's under contract for the next two years. Yeah. Shut up. And, you know, and guess what we can expect in another two years? Joseph Wall and Ian Scott, if they can... They both have been on a good trajectory. And Zach Boutillier. Maybe. <laughs> He's not even signed to an ELC, Austin. Details. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Like, uh, the problem is we're thinking too much about the future and not right now. That, that is the problem. When it comes to the blue line, Cody Cece is not going to be on this blue line at 4.5 next year. If he wants more, the Leafs are going to say, okay, bye. 
Jake Muzzin at $4 million? I don't know. If he wants more, okay, bye. Like, I know people like Jake Muzzin. If Jake Muzzin likes playing here, guess what? You're at the later stage of your career. You're not exactly getting gonna... a deal. Tyson Berry is the one I'm, I I want to keep, but he's gonna he has a chance to make real money. Yeah. Um. Ooh, interesting one. Okay, we all saw the Justin Falk uh stuff. What's the first thing people were talking about? And tell you, Alex Pietrangelo. What happens to him? Hmm. He gets traded to Tampa Bay and he signs for a McDonald's coupon. Don't. Sorry, I just shot my pen because in anger. Don't you dare say that. Um, that voodoo on the Leafs, it's going to happen, though. I mean, he's not coming to Toronto if people are no. thinking that. They're not going to be able to afford him. Like, if Tyson Berry has success here and, and does really well here, don't you think he'll try to stay here if they pay him enough? I mean, I don't know if they'll be able to afford it. Again, we don't know what the cap is next year. That's something we have to worry about later. I know it's it's kind of blind eye to think that way, but yeah, do the Leafs have a tough task ahead of absolutely? Yep. But I'm not too worried about that because the hard part is out of the way with in terms of contracts. Yeah. I just like the fact you know I know Austin Matthews making eleven point six three four. That's a lot of money, but guess what? I remember Austin Matthews was probably one of the best players in the league when the season started. He got that injury, and I'm just like, well, that sucks. But if Austin Matthews continues what he started, what he did at the beginning of the year, if he does that this year, that money that looks pretty good because then that's going to make the Leafs on a, take the Leafs to another level. Yep. We we are under the impression, and history would say that these guys will get better as they get older. Austin Matthews is 22, Mitch Marner's 22, William Nylander. 23. Andreas Janssen, 24. Kasperi Kapanen, 23. He's still only 24, Janssen? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I thought he was like 26. Yeah. He was in the SHL so damn long. The oldest player on this team is 36-year-old Jason Spezza. Him and Jake Muzzin are the only two players on the Leafs roster that are over or 30 or over. That's good, right? That's what you want to see in an NHL team. You don't want to be like the Minnesota Wild signing a bunch signing a bunch of players at 30 over to terrible deals. Because you know that they're on the decline. Or not going to be at the level of a younger player. So I, I don't get where this whole... Um, this idea that the Leafs are screwed. Um, I feel like this, is a, this comes more from people who are trying to co- not try to cause panic but are trying to go with a trend that I think is not like you can't predict that the Leafs are going to do bad over the future because you don't know what the future entails yep. you, you, you honestly don't if the Leafs are bad this year the GM is look, Kyle Dubas will, will wear it he's not going to hide from it Kyle Dubas will wear it he's probably going to be in the hot seat and Mike Pabcock will get fired yeah because he's already on the hot seat. It's Brandon, Brandon Shanahan will will make changes. We've seen that he's not afraid to make the bold move. Because he's already done it. Lou Lamarillo, sorry, we're going with the young kid. Mark Hunter, guess what? You're not getting the job. You can go do whatever you want. 
Like, like, do people really think that things would be better if Lou or Mark Hunter were here? A lot of people think if Lou was here. He only signed, you know, Anders Lee to a 7 times 7 He only signed Leo Komarov after his worst season as a pro to a four-year deal in New York. Uh, what's Semi Varlamov making? I don't know, but it's too much. Like, Lou Armillo ha- is not exactly... Oh, wait, who's the one that signed Patrick Merle to that three-year deal at $6 million a that year? That we had to give up a first to get out of? Who's the one that signed Nikita Zaitsev to that seven-year, $4.5 million contract to? Who's the guy that let Robin Lehner walk after he won a Masterton because of his fight with depression and was a Vesna candidate because he wanted too much money? Oh, that's right, Lou Lamorello. Yeah, so I, I don't understand this idea that Lou Armello would be... Oh, and Mark Hunter's setting up the goddamn world junior team for Canada right now. Don't even tell me he's better than Kyle Dubas. No other team thought Mark Hunter was that valuable. Yeah, Otherwise, exactly. he'd be in the GM. You were allowed to go explore whatever avenue you want, Mark. Crickets. Uh, let me see. The Minnesota Wild could have hired him. Based on I'm what... sorry. I don't mean to bash on Mark Hunter. He no. Really doesn't he, look, it, but... he, he helped set up what the Leafs have now, so I'm... Yep. Uh, I, I, well, he... Mr. Draft Wiz, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to check how many draft picks of Mark Hunter's are actually still in the organization. Well, it's what, 2015 to 2016? All the big guys are gone. Yeah. So um, those were Lou and Mark picks. Yeah. You can tell that by Dubas' strategy in the draft last, mm-hmm. last this year specifically. Didn't yeah. take a single guy over six feet tall. All right, let's uh, let, let's move over to something a little more positive because we've we've taken a really dark turn here. Um, let's keep let's keep stressing our let's air our grievances. Let's make it festive as early. We have uh, we have seen some Leafs games, exhibition <laughs> games. Austin Owens is going to a Leafs preseason game tomorrow. Yep, expect the Marlies to be out there, boys. Well, they know they, I'm coming. Hold on, didn't they already announce their roster for tomorrow night? They announced the practice lineups. I don't know if they've announced the roster. Hold on, hold. Oh no! Hold are you on. gonna get? Are you gonna see me lose my mind live? <laughs> we we. I'm pretty sure when you went to that Leafs preseason game, expecting to see NHL players. I bought my tickets like ten minutes before they announced the roster. Um. Okay. No, this is bad timing. Sorry, they always do it before the game. My bad. Yeah. They um, announced lines, and that's why I got tickets because it's like the entire NHL roster. Yeah. So, which is, I saw the game in Montreal and they played, their first line was Agostino Shore and Patan, so you kind of figured the boys were coming. And yet they beat, they shut out the Habs. They look really good. Yeah. Patan in particular and Igor Korshkov look awesome. Okay. Can we all get under Igor Korshkov and not Igor Korshkov? Uh, sure. Because the NH, the Toronto Maple Leafs, literally the Leafs, remember that Blue Jays, literally us, the Blue Jays tweet? I was trying to <laughs> Shout out Richard. For that one. Igor Korshkov is spelled E-G-O-R, not Y-E-G-O-R. Well, that's the confusion because he was drafted Yegor. Guess but what? his name is Igor. In Even on the... his hockey DB page, he was Yegor until they announced it. The Leafs, the people he plays for, has it under E G O R. Follow that, people. There's I'm no confusion. Just for funsies. There is no confusion. It is literally right in front of me. This is like with the Andreas Janssen. Janssen told the Leafs, wow. "Oh yeah, it's Janssen." He corrected them. If Andreas Johnson he was for the first yeah three until years. he made the NHL. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, because people in Sweden were telling him, this is not right. You got to tell him to change it. He didn't care. And they're like, no, we want you to change it. Um, You want to start talking about guys that look good and guys that don't? Exactly. That's where I wanted to go. Look at you. Lovely. Um, Dimitro Timoshov. Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Not going to lie. He's guy. He was the fourth line winger in practice. So that looks pretty good for him. I'm not going to lie. I mean, this close to the end, the, what is it, next Wednesday is the opening game of the year. Yeah. Like, it, we would know by Friday, I think. Like, when, yeah. when the team has their final tune-up preseason game, I, well, Saturday is the final preseason game, but I think they have a back-to-back, and usually they don't play the good players on the last game. Am I wrong on that? Usually, no. No, or do I they, would say not. Or would it's they wait? Well, part of me was wondering, do they play the good lineup at home and not send the guys on the road? That's why I took, got the tickets last year. Because <laughs> who plays their AHL team in front of their home crowd? Well, the problem was the you Toronto brought... Maple Leafs, that's who. Oh, man. Uh, so I'm really worried. I mean, luckily you didn't spend, you spent Marley's prices on your tickets. Honestly, for my well-being, or just for comedy reasons, I want them to play the Marlies. Like, somebody, like, stubs a toe and misses the game, and they're like, that's it. Everyone's out. <laughs> it's like the one preseason game in Winnipeg. Aaron Rodgers was supposed to start, and they're like, field 10 yards shorter? Nope. Nobody's playing. Who got the Leafs lines from today? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take an educated guess and say one of Shilton or... Masters? Uh, Masters or... Oh, here we go. I got it. Hendrick. Wait, no. This. Uh, I'm so out of out of it when it comes to hockey right now that I didn't even remember Paul Hendrick's name for a second. <laughs> well, Mr. Fine. Maple Leafs. No, no, uh, no Twitter for you. Also, oh, here we go. Thank you, Kristen Shelton. Also bad. Kristen Shelton's the absolute best. Okay, so the Leafs lines at practice today. So potentially for Austin Owens tomorrow night. Uh, or <laughs> at when this, well, when, we when this, this podcast will come out, I'll post the audio <laughs> tonight, but the post will be tomorrow. So the podcast is going to come out, and it's just going to be it's going to be uh, Darren Archibald on the top line tomorrow. Andreas Janssen, Mastin Matthews, uh, William Nylander. That's the top line, or one. Oh, one I need to get my Greenlander jersey done. Captain Tavares Marner. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Mikheyev, Kerfoot, Moore. I like that line. Hook it into my veins. That line is going to be electric. Mikheyev is going to be good. Based on what I've seen, like, people were worried that he was going to be, like, a guy that wasn't good and Babcock's going to be like, he's a good pro, he's a good player. Yeah. No, he's a... He's a... I, I got to send you the videos I have of Mikheyev because that's... I posted the, the full highlight video from last season on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it got taken down because the KHL copyrighted it. Yeah. So I, mean, I have a full like eight minute McKay of highlight video. Screw <laughs> you in cool. trying to steal content, Austin. Look at me, he's trying to get players noticed in North North America. And then the the fourth line: Timashov, Spetsa, Gautier, who have been alternating oh, as Gautier centers. on the wing. I don't like that. <laughs> I no, think put him in the middle. He's slow. I, people are like look how I, I I can't remember. It was the guy. Um, I think hot still. I don't know. He always he tweets from three different accounts. Uh, Mizay, but is it Mizay, Mike Mizay? Is that how you say it, Austin? Yep. 
He's like, look at Gautier's speed here. I'm like, well, first off, you're doing it at slow-mo. You're doing it as a GIF. You can't <laughs> properly look at a guy's speed in a GIF. Oh, I'm sorry. That's funny. Um, oh he's not that fast. Like, he will hustle. No, he's faster. Like, you're only going to... Like, a, a big guy is only going to get so fast. He's not pure Engvall when it comes to speed. Pure Engvall is so smooth. Oh, my God. Can you can you explain to me this phenomenon with GOAT now? That no. even Jason Spezza can't beat him. Like, can you... Ex- I wrote about this for a tip. What the heck is this whole... Um, it's literally just Frederick Gauthier is 6'5 every time he touches the ice. He offers nothing offensively. Yeah. And he's not an extremely efficient defensive center either. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play penalty kill, which is why the Leafs got him, was to be a bottom six penalty killer. Zach Hyman's the number one center because Babcock doesn't use centers on the power penalty kill for some yeah. reason. Yeah, I was going to say, people are like, oh, Gauthier is so good on the draws. I'm like, then why the hell wasn't he playing the penalty kill? He was playing the PK, not the PK. He won the last couple faceoffs in the World Juniors when Canada won a couple of years back. Yeah, why the hell Other is than he... that, he's not really the guy you want. Like, there's so many better options. Even Nick Shore, he's looked pretty good in the preseason. Like, Babcock's in the past years was like Hyman Brown, Kapanen, Marner. Really? Can take Marner off, put Gautier. But he blocks shots, Dave. Well, Go can just put a six foot five oh, player in front of a time. slap shot. Like, give me a break. If Gochi can't block shots, if he can only win faceoffs, looks somewhat fast, what is he doing on the team? Uh, being big. That the, and he doesn't and even French look big when he plays. He doesn't hit. He doesn't use his body. He went to Harvard, Dave. No, he didn't. He you had know. a scholarship to Harvard. Freaking want to? He was playing the Q. Let's be real here. He decided to stay in Murmuski. Yeah, like over have it. I just, I just, it's. I know, I know. What people, people have been going like Mike Babcock has not changed. He has not changed. I'm like, he I've kinda, seen so many articles about that. He uh, kind of has, and he <laughs> hasn't as well. He's kind of been forced to change because. Yeah, it's his guys are gone. I, I like how you can base Mike Babcock not changing off a preseason game where mm-hmm. he's literally just throwing guys into positions and seeing how they do. Exactly. Um, like, it's a plug-and-play lineup, other than these games where you're getting the actual full NHL lineup. And even then, Dimitro Timoshov's probably going to be a first-line AHL guy. Yep, if he doesn't make the team. But or... you're giving him a shot on that fourth line. Semyon Durgachinsev was on the team until like three days before the season started or some stupidness I... like that. I think that was you're just... just... You're giving guys shots. You can't judge Babcock. No. As much as I've bashed him, judge him on what he does in the regular season. The preseason does not matter. The records do not count. You don't get points from it. You can judge the players' performances. The coach is literally just out there telling rolling lines. Yeah. And making sure everybody knows the system. The only thing I have an issue with is because I've heard him say it is Martin Marinchen seems like he's going to make the team as the... And Ben the, Harper is the hill Mike Babcock will die on this season. But see, okay, this is, is this is my thing. Off. Ben Harper is going to play the Roman Polak role. That's what he's gonna, but he's not playing Roman top Polak four. role in Toronto Maple Leaf should not be synonymous anymore. But this is the thing: Roman Polak played top four quite yeah. often. Ben Harper would not be playing top four. No, he'd be playing third line. I get that. But he'd be playing third pairing. He'd be lucky to play twelve minutes a night. Like, 
like, you know, if Mike Babcock can make him work for twelve minutes a night, fine, have your toy. If he can't, sorry, Mike, he ain't gonna stay. You know who I haven't hated? I haven't watched a ton of them, but Jordan Schmaltz doesn't look too bad. But he see he was in the AHL group. Maybe that was him Babcock trying to see what he would do in a. In Ravel a didn't look situation. bad. Like there's a couple guys that are okay. I think, I think they that, put it, Ray Ferraro did a really good job on the broadcast of pointing out that like these they put like all the defensive defensemen together. It wasn't exactly AHL guys. Yeah. That there was like yeah it was Harper, uh, Marincin, um, excuse me, Gravel and Schwar- and Schmaltz were all together, and then I'm drawing a blank on the other two. Hole and somebody, guy, excuse me, guy, Lilligren. I forgot Tim because they put. I was thinking of defensive defensemen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that last spot. And if you're, it's what we've been saying with. It's not going to be Lilligren. That's what I think. No, we'll, and it's not going to kill him to go play for the Marlies for a no, little while. He'll play. He, the, he's only played uh, forty games or more, or a little bit over that in the first two seasons in the AHL. So I, I think I showed you that Steve Simmons tweet about Sandin oh, yeah. and Lilligren. Can oh, we, maybe. Can Sorry, I, I thought we were still on the... No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 not the G- boy, Wonder Boy GM. Yeah, that's that very professional, um, yeah. Mr. Simmons. Um, I mean, and it's not professional of me to be ripping a guy all the time, but when he says stuff that don't come across as professional, I'm going to call him out on it. Um, okay, so here's here's one. Uh, let me. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna go down. Shoot. No, this. No. Why are you doing this? I don't want to see his Charlie Montoyo tweet. Uh, let's see. Well, he's like, he went off on, on the sand. Is there that many tweets? <laughs> so yeah, he had so many takes. Oh, he he was basically saying. The minefield. Sorry, I, and folks, I'm sorry that it's taking me so long. Oh, here we go. Sorry, he had too many takes. People need... I'm going to read this word for word. People need to stop conveniently lumping Rasmus Sandin... Sandin, I don't know how you properly say it. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's Sandin and Lilligren. Okay, because I heard Sandin. I'm hearing it all the time. I, uh, Leafs Lunch, She's uh, Eddie Pachola says Sandin. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just, she's saying Matt Sandin, Rasmus Sandin, I don't know. Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren together on Leafs defense. Even though both were first-round picks, Sandin, the Leafs believe, was a steal at 29 in 2018. Lilligren was not a steal at 17 in 2017. They should have taken Robert Thomas. So, a couple things here. One, yes, people should not compare. I I agree, you should not compare Sandin and Lilligren. First off, Mr. Simmons, Lilligren was considered a steal at 17 because going into that draft year, he was projected a top five pick. Do you know what happened to Timothy Lilligren in his draft year? Well, I know, but... He got mono. Yeah, that's not fun. Ask Sam Darnold. (laughs) Yeah. Ask when I hear, like, they're worried about his spleen rupturing. I'm like, that does not sound good. That's an issue. That's a thing where you're not playing hockey for two or three months. Guess what? Sam Darnold is a quarterback in the NFL. Quarterback in the quarterbacks in the NFL most of the time are big bodies. Eighteen-year-old Timothy Lilligren, Swedish defenseman, not a big boy. Him <laughs> he was losing probably weight? six foot. 
175 or 185. Yeah, like... 180. Give me a break. The guy basically had been trying to... He lost the season. So that first season with the Marlies was like him trying to get back into hockey again. Not a very... And he lost half of that season. Yes, with an injury. Uh, last year, he was pretty good. I'm pretty sure he got injured again, if I'm not wrong. Lost, lost half of last season as well. He's been injured his first two seasons in the and, AHL, and it's kept him out for half. And it's not injury-prone, like illness? No. or This is it's, like... It's like Joffrey Lupul. It's just bad luck plays that he yeah. breaks a finger or something. So, and Sandin also played a year in the CHL, which is closer to North American hockey than in the mm. SHL. Like, that is a, diff- a big difference, too. The Leafs as we have seen, prefer their defensemen or prefer their prospects to come to North America earlier than late, sooner rather than later. So, yes, you cannot com- combine them. But to say that Lilligren A was not a steal and that they should have taken a different player when the draft was only two years ago, make it relax. Yeah, it's not that serious. No, it's not. I realize he's only 21 now? Uh, he is 20. He was 18 when he came to the Marlies. Yep. He's a real bust. Sandin is 19. Lily Let me remind you for a second that Oldie Juhalevi, who was picked the same year as Austin Matthews, just got sent down to the AHL yesterday. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. The problem was when you have Charlie McAvoy making the league in his draft year, the thing is, though, Charlie McAvoy came in and he played with Zidane Chara. I'm pretty sure. Like Timmy Lilligren, yeah. like Timothy Lilligren is not coming in and playing with a char- like an established defenseman like Zidane Chara. <laughs> no. He's playing on the third pair with a Travis Dermott. Hmm. Travis Dermott's not exactly an established NHL. Like he's an established NHLer. He's not established enough to take on a young Timothy Lilligren. Like, let's be real here. Like, there's, you want, he wants, like, you want Babcock to put Lilligren in a position where he's got a good partner to be with. Now, look, if Travis Irvin takes a step forward this year and he, and he's, no, his injury doesn't prove to be an issue. He's back. He's healthy. He's good. And then halfway through the season, Timothy Lilligren gets called up and they're paired together. That's a really good scenario for the Leafs. Yeah. And then Rasmus Sandin. Uh, he he's in the same boat. If he's not playing every day for the... I, what I think is going to happen and what should happen, you play Rasmus Sandin for the nine games. You can alternate him and whoever else, like Ben Harper. I know people are going to lose their shit about that. <laughs> like, there's going to be, I think, there's going to be eight defensemen. I think they're going to rotate that. Because, look, I don't want Sandin to play all nine games right away because, A, you, you want to space it out enough that when Dermot's back... Sandin can go back down, and you kind of have things working again. So, and again, unless he's totally ready, like he is, like this is going to be the big test the next however many games. Because two games is not enough to prove that he's an NHL-ready defenseman. It's not. He's looked good, but he hasn't looked, he hasn't done it enough to make me say, Sign me up, because guess what? I've seen too many times with this team putting in young defensemen. I was a big Luke Shen fan when he came into the league. When he, I was like seeing him body Evgeny Malkin against Boris. I'm like, feed that into my veins. Like, 
Yeah. I was so pumped for Lucien, and then realizing, yeah, he wasn't ready to. No, he didn't have the long term. They they didn't set him up for long term success. Mm-hmm. Do not, and I don't think the Leafs will do that. They're smarter. Guess what? Mike Babcock is somewhat intelligent when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, he grew up with the. Well, he came up with the Red Wing system, and they don't rush anybody. No, they rush no one. Uh, yes, I know. Tim, like Nicholas Lidstrom was there, but the other guys around Nicholas Lidstrom were brought in slowly. Like I don't think Nicholas Cromwell came into the NHL right away. Um, I I just look. The Leafs are are relying heavily on their top guys. Their bottom pairing, their lower bottom six don't need to do a lot. They just need to keep their head above water, tread water. They don't need, and like people think I'm like, it's not a dire strait. They're not going to be relied upon like Boston, like other teams that need their younger guy, like other lines to step up. They're going to, the Leafs are going to be able to roll out four line, but now they don't have to rely on playing. Like, I think what happened was. Nazan Kadri, because he's not your typical third-line center, some could say he's a second-line center, Babcock was trying to get him to play 17, 18 minutes. And that's why Austin Matthews' time was down. And then Patrick Marlowe, he wanted to play him because Kadri and, and Brown. like That's not going to be an issue now. If Kerfoot plays 12 to 15 minutes, I think that's – am I all off base with that? Like, I haven't really been looking at the lines. Like, Austin Matthews, I'm pretty sure, played over 20 minutes in his preseason debut. Yeah, and, he, I mean, as long as he's playing Matthews and Tavares the right amount of time, the star guys, I won't be upset. In, Mikheyev seems like a guy he's going to ride a little bit. Yeah. He seems very happy with Mikheyev. He's plays like that. He's just, I put it in the article I wrote earlier this week, he's just one of those plug-and-play guys. You can put him with Mitch Marner and John Tavares while Hyman's out. He'd play the same role, probably a little more skill. Or you can put him with the third line and he can crash and bang and add skill to that one. Yeah. Oh, and also Alexander Kerfoot, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. He played last year, he played about 14, about, okay, just under 15 minutes a night. He was one of the, I mean, he was the underrated part of that deal. Yeah, he was. That you managed to get a guy that's, can fill Nazem Kadri's role, maybe not post as much offense, but he can play the same role and do a good job in it. Mm-hmm. That was massive. Yeah. Um, let's get into the next topic, uh, which is um, the goaltending. Yeah. So the Leafs, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, they released Michael Neuwirth from his PTO. That got people uh, like a little bit of a, Ruffle feathers sort of thing, but guess what? Bringing back Garrett Sparks, folks. Michael Hutchinson had 38 saves in that shutout against Montreal. He looked pretty good. Yeah, he didn't look good in that first game against Ottawa, but guess what? It's the first game. First game of the preseason. Yeah, and this I I think Anderson will play tomorrow. I think Hutchinson will play one of the last two games. Let's go. They called up Cascasuo again as well, so I'm assuming he'll get in at some point. I think, yeah, because I think, uh, depending on if Anderson, I think that's just more of just to have a backup. Yeah, more of just like once Freddie gets his games, then you just rotate Hutchison and Cascasuo yeah. in the last couple. Now, 
we've also seen quite a few goalies be put on waivers. Mm. Uh, Louis Domingue, Mike Condon, yes, <laughs> Garrett Sparks. First one. Um, how many got? Uh, is there a way for me to check the recent waivers? Oh, I have no idea, to be honest. I'm gonna see. Um, but uh, Garrett Sparks on waivers. I mean, you feel for the guy, but you don't. If that makes sense. No, I, I don't. I don't feel like when the guy calls out a backup goaltender. Calls yeah, out that's a what team, I mean by you don't. Like you, I, I was listening to the recent spitting, uh, the last week's Spin Chicklets podcast with Stu Grimson. I haven't finished it, um, but I, I listened enough to the point where they were saying, um, you know, you can't be saying things like that because. You need every guy has a role and they need to be ready to play it. Like they need to all con- be ready to contribute. So what's the point of ruffling a teammate's like? I- I'm pretty sure Gary Sparks' comments didn't go over well with the team, and no. that doesn't exactly bode a lot of confidence. Your t- and then you go out and you have you lay an egg. It, I'm it- sure they give him another shot if he doesn't say that stuff about the Leafs. Yeah. Um, or was that post trade? I forget now. It was after the trade. Okay, but after the he trade, also he... had some stuff like that game in Ottawa where he threw yeah. some teammates under the bus. I mean, you can't say that kind of stuff, especially when you're only playing once every couple weeks. Yeah. So, how about I go? I'm trying to look here. There's a lot because it's got all the cuts. Okay. Um, okay, Kaskasul was waived. He's probably not going to get claimed. Um, there, there's quite a few goalies. Like, we know Domingue was, Mike Condon was. Um, somebody wrote, I don't know if anyone's written an article. Like, for the, like, the Leafs, if, the thing is, Michael Hutchinson was, was a trade. Oh, here we go. If I'm the Leafs, call up the Penguins and ask about Tristan Jari. Ask about Louis Domingue. There are guys you can easily call and bring up and they've cleared waivers so if you trade for them you can you can send them down have them ready if they need to be called up the thing is if you call them up they can only be up for so long that was the problem with hutchison Mm. because he was an emergency call up so i think the leafs are going to go with hutchinson as the backup and i like if he can at least play 25 games, that's the minimum, 25. Um, some people might think that he can't do it, but I won't know until I see him do it. I want to see, like, give him, he didn't have a lot of time last year, and he he just came in halfway through the year. I think yeah. he's a lot more comfortable this time around. It certainly looked that way against Montreal. He didn't look shaky. He made 38 saves against an NHL lineup, right? This wasn't uh, this wasn't Montreal's AHL lineup. It was their NHL lineup. So that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Is there someone that you uh, you've liked a lot? Just from the crease standpoint, or oh no, just in general. You can give okay. How about your all thoughts right. on the goaltending first? Uh from what I've seen, I mean, Freddie's Freddie. Uh, Hutchinson is, I mean, he's been uh, first game not so good, second game fantastic. He, 
I don't know how many like high danger chances he had to make a save on, but uh, he's looked okay. Honestly, haven't really paid much attention to the crease because we sort of know who's going to get fed there the most. So uh, defense, I mean, <laughs> Ben Harper is uh, looking like he's cut from the Nikita Zaitsev cloth, where he's just going to hammer the puck up the boards every time he has uh, zone exit, rather. I've I've gushed over Mikheyev already, and apparently that's not how you say his name either. I forget. Somebody said there's a different way. It might have been Dangle that said there was a proper way to pronounce his name. Uh, maybe Dangle needs to also remember who's a forward okay. and who's a defenseman. Let's take I'm it just, easy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yeah take a shot. That's that, sorry that that is a low blow. I will. Uh... Man, I felt really bad for him. Nick cause... Robertson has a forward though. Yeah. But uh, I, I uh, do oh, well. feel bad for him because he... we all make mistakes. Just dangles a little more uh, high profile because of the standing he has, <laughs> the position he's in. He's going to get a lot more than if I had said Nick Robertson was a defender. It is what it is. Uh, Nick Robertson, I'm, he hasn't played any preseason games, has he? Nope, he got sent down before the preseason. So he's with the Marley's Open camp today. Yeah, and he's he's been uh, kicking butt with the Peets already, so. I mean, oh, right. He would have gone straight down. I keep forgetting. Yeah, because he, he's <laughs> drop pick. Yeah, the Peets are supposed to be really good this year. I think SCA is still there. Um, yeah, people were. Liam, Liam Kirk's a stud from what I'm hearing, or a lot of people are pumping his tires at least, mm-hmm. and Nick Robertson's sick, so we'll see. Uh, the one person I'd say I'd like to, I'd like in the pro- thing is probably, I mean, Mikheyev is the person I've really enjoyed watching. Just from his highlights I've seen that not even um, just that I mean sorry I'm stuttering a lot because I'm trying to think of 10 things at once but um, the one play where he threw it between the defender's legs and then backdoor to Kerfoot was unreal but I think the thing that fans should be more interested in is his play along the sideboards and it got clipped a lot on Twitter he was just so heavy on the puck and that's what Babcock's going to love about him Mm -hmm. is he's a guy that can just keep the cycle going and that that's Babcock made a point about Patan and saying, "Oh, he looks pretty good." And he's like, "Well, he's good offensively, but is he willing to do the other things?" Like this is the thing with Patrick Marlowe that didn't spell well for him in a bottom six role. He wasn't as good when it comes to the defensive game because it just wasn't there for him. He's used to the top four, sorry, top four, top six offensive heavy minutes that he didn't mm-hmm. get. Like that that's the thing. Dubas, I think, what he did this offseason, not only to improve the depth and options available, but also get guys that could do more in terms of the you know the bottom six being able to yeah. do other things but offense. You can't just have like when we talk about talent and having talented, skilled players, skill doesn't just mean being able to shoot a puck, make fancy plays. It's also like making those good defensive plays. That is a skill. Right. You know you know what the difference is in the NHL now is we're so used to thinking this top six are all skill guys. No. And your bottom six are these I mean energy line is what the common term for the third line and then obviously just the fourth line's whatever combination of three individuals you have left. Um but it shows with guys like Mikheyev, guys like uh, Trevor Moore to a degree, he's not a defensive stalwart, obviously, but he works hard. That's what I'm getting at. He's got a good forecheck, good back. He's not check. the biggest guy, obviously. He forechecks, he skates hard, and he does. He, he's had to grind his whole life. So, I mean, or his whole NHL career so far. 
So he's not going to take a shift off. And those are the type of guys that, yes, they're skilled, but they also are willing to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to help the team win. And those are the guys that you need. And you saw it last year with Boston. Um, I'll bring up the Bruins because we're going to be talking about them a lot, I feel, over the next couple months. Um, the fourth line murdered the Leafs in Game 7. Yeah. Raleigh, um, Achari, and... Uh, Nord- Nordstrom. Nord- Nordstrom. No, uh, no. They're not exactly the most skilled guys, but they're going to fight for you, and they're the guys that you love to have on that team. And that's why so many people love Trevor Moore. That's why a lot of people are already talking about McKayev. I'm not saying he's going to be this hero for the Leafs, but he's a guy that people are going to appreciate for what he does. Yeah, he's... And no, exactly. That's all I had to say about that, actually. I didn't really have another point. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, the Leafs are going to get guys that are going to compete... Like, like, Boston, people think, oh, you need to get this big shot. Oh, yeah. Ew. Mm, sorry, no. Yoki, Joachim Nordstrom. Yeah, that, that was yep. the guy. Yeah, he scored a goal in game seven. Yeah. Like, Boston, people think that like, Boston is big, tough, heavy. No, it's not. No, they're not. Like, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Charlie Cole, Sean Corrali, Par Lindholm. That's their center depth, by the way. Um, Par Lindholm's on the Bruins now? Oh, yeah. boy. Um, so he's scoring the game seven winner. These aren't big, like, other than Charlie Coyle, these aren't big guys. What the thing is, is they play hard. Like, we talk about back when we need guys that play hard on the puck. Yes, it's very true. You need guys that are going to be up in the other guy's face. I don't care if they drop the gloves. I honestly couldn't care less. Because the big thing I've been thinking about in the, the summer of reflection I have had, I'm, I'm trying to make this sound like I was in, like, a med- deep meditation thing about the Leafs. The Leafs brand of hockey of in-your-face, punching, heavy, like Wendell Clark, Darcy Tucker, Ty Domi, those type of guys, they've been trying to win with that identity for so long. It hasn't worked. So what makes you think it's going to work now? I, like, it's, it hasn't worked. Why not try something different? Why not try to win with guys that you know are skilled and skill ultimately always wins in the end. I truly believe that. And if you're able to manage that skill, this is where Babcock, I understand the whole not playing Matthews a lot. Yes. Matthews should have played more. He was arguably the least best player in that series. He should have played more. Um, and, that's where I think you, you need to manage your skill players better because you, what you're supposed to is you're supposed to feed your skill to a team like Boston and try to get them to match it. Not the other way around. You, you can't be the one trying to match the other team's style. You play your style, and it ultimately your skill should be enough to win. That's the games where least went wrong against Boston. We talked about it during the series is when Boston was able to turn it into a gong show. Yeah. That's when they won, and when the Leafs dictated the pace and controlled the puck through the neutral zone, they won. Exactly. I mean, it's just like like I look at their defense, Boston. Tory Crew, not a big player. He played a big role in that that series against the Leafs. Charlie McAvoy, not a big player. Like the the like the whole identity of the Bruins has changed. They don't have the Milan Lucic guys, the Sean Thornton. They don't have those guys. No. Even David Backus couldn't play because that style just didn't work against the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Jake DeBrusque, although, was a pretty big 
jerk in that series. He was like him, and he was the only one that really. He's I mean, the perfect player for Boston. Though. Yeah, he's just. But again, I mean, he crossed lines that I felt like he should have been penalized for and didn't. And that's just the way it goes. But you can't let that affect. And again, the Kadri, I'm going to bring it again. The Kadri suspension also played a factor. Yep. So I feel like let, let's just – I expect the Leafs to not get off to like the same start they had last year. They went 20-8, and eight, I think, in the first 28 games. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't expect that per se because there's a lot of new guys. Like the whole bottom six is new. Yeah. Who who's returning in the bottom six other than technically Trevor Moore, who wasn't technically Trevor Lucifer. Moore. That's about it. And Gautier. And, and yeah, and Gautier didn't and even play. Patan all technically. But again, Patan was brought in lane. He didn't really play. I'm just played talking about. Game. Yeah, I'm talking about like regulars, like Kapanen. And Janssen were top six because they play with Matthews. Barring something crazy, Kapanen's going to play with Marner and Tavares. And then Hyman will come back, and that'll... I think he... If, I, think if Kap- a... I hope Kapanen does well, because I'd like to see... I, I do like Zach Hyman, but uh, we know what he is. I think, that Tavares line, I think that Tavares line does need a fast guy like Kapanen, though. I just think it needs... Uh... I don't want to slander Zach Hyman, especially when he's injured and the season's not going on. But offense tends to die on Hyman's stick with those two, which is Tavares and Marner look him off a lot. Yeah. Um, and with defenses, it becomes pretty obvious that what's happening. My thing is, is, is I think there might be a better chance Hyman plays with Matthews and Nylander. I wouldn't mind that. Than Tavares and Marner. In my yeah, opinion. Tavares and Marner are both guys that can retrieve the puck. I'm not saying yeah. the Leafs can't do that. And now I'm gonna, I can already hear the William Nylander doesn't go into the corner, which he does. I've seen. I've seen. Guess what? I've seen video evidence of it. Just you know those, you know those eyes that I have in my head that saw Mitch Marner block two shots. They also saw Nylander. Eh, words, Austin, get the marbles out of your mouth. William Nylander go into a corner. Yeah. So I, I think yeah we're. I think it is good. this is going to be a wait-and-see situation. There's going to be a lot of moving parts. There's just so many guys. Like, even right now, like, the Leafs, the Leafs have a lot, you know, some serious – I mean, I, not as many serious questions in terms of who makes the team because they brought in a bunch of guys. But I think a lot of these guys were brought in because the Marlies need guys. The Marlies are going to be a little thin up front this year. Back end, they'll be good. Because right what we now, we haven't talked about is Tivo Kimahome, who is apparently getting a lot of hype. Some people think he might make the team. Timo, oh the, the Kimahome, we signed him from uh, Liga. I haven't really seen too much of him to really. Oh, get... I've got a highlight video. I'll send you after. All right, he's he's uh he's finished technically, but he was born in Ohio or Michigan or somewhere. <laughs> so he's. He has an American accent, but he's his name is super Finnish, and he's from Finland. Yeah, I, again, like, but the thing is, like, he can go down to the Marlies and play a lot with the Marlies. He'll have a top four role if he goes to the Marlies, I think. And that talk about a small defense. The Marlies defense is going to be small but very skilled because they're going to have one of Sandin or Liljegren, probably the latter. They're going yeah. to have Matt Hollowell, Joe Dusak, uh, Kivahalme, who is only five eleven. Jesper Lindgren. 
Jesper Lindgren, who's like 5'10". Kevin uh, Gravel, I don't think is very big. Kevin Gravel is like 6'4". He's big. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he's a big boy. I, I see them, but I don't like... You, can, you don't really put it into magnitude. Like, I'm you, need, with... like, you need Zidane Chara around to like gauge. I'm, like, I didn't watch a lot last night, the Monday night game, because it's the like uh, that was the AHL, more of the AHL yeah. guys. I'm going to be watching, obviously, t- t- uh, Wednesday night's game, the one you're going to. I just watched it because I'm prospect guy, so I like to see them. You're going to be my uh, eyes in the sky for that one. You're going to be our scout. I'm going to ask for a scouting report after the game. I'm going to live stream the game for you. No, because you're going to have it on television. No, because I'm going to be working at Sportsnet, so I'll probably have to handle... I mean, depending on how things work out, I might have to handle whoever's writing off that game. Sweet. But that's work stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I just think... There's we just there's a lot that we don't know yet. Like Babcock doesn't even know who's making the final team. Like the final. There's a lot in the air. So enjoy. It's gonna come down to the last game. It yeah. Um. In some cases, it will. It's gonna come down to yeah the final game. The final game where you have like everyone in. Yeah. Not like those a throwaway game where nobody's playing. Exactly. So we will be happy to discuss that. I think. What I want to plan to do is have a season preview podcast yep. when we have a better idea of the roster. Again, we don't know when that roster, what the, when the roster is going to be finalized, um, but maybe we'll do it the night before. The problem is, I also I might have a fancy hockey draft that night. Fantasy so, hockey? I haven't even thought about that. Um, I have one league that's a keeper league, so I already know about that. We had to change. Right, I have been a keeper league. I wonder if they drafted. Oops. They don't really message about anything, so I'm. They might have just drafted a whole team, and I didn't even know about it. Well, let's check. Can't be any worse than when I drafted Martin Murch and because of an auto draft. Well, I have a. You know about this league? I have a keeper, and we haven't drafted yet. When do we draft? That'd be awesome, yeah. to know, guys. We are drafting in five minutes. Yeah, really. No, you're, you're most likely you have to draft by Tuesday. Who needs honestly. sleep? Not me. Uh, I have no idea when we draft. That's good. Excellent. It should be in your league settings. It should. I already know when one draft is. We had to change it because our co-commissioner couldn't make it. Yes, you picked a day where you can't make it. Sweet. I mean, I, things happen. Life life happens. I already got my keepers. I'm pretty set with my roster with McKinnon, Vasilevsky as my two top keepers. <laughs> We are draft. Are so we drafting. So we are drafting on October first at nine p.m. If I we guess, can, is that the is that when it says keeper deadline de- date? Uh, okay. If you go to the the league settings, it literally right we above. We can do this off thing, but it's. I'm assuming it's Tuesday because that's when my keepers are supposed to be in. Uh, probably. <laughs> Usually, you try to establish your keepers before you draft. Just, just, just. Not uh, me. I'm going in bold. Let's see it. (laughs) Well, with that being said, um, I usually try to give fantasy hockey advice. So this is this this to end the podcast. Austin, I know I'm throwing a curveball at you. There's a couple things I will I will throw out at you. Okay, people. Depending on your now, this is the thing. When it comes to hockey fantasy advice rankings, it all depends on your format. So in my league, it's a head-to-head, 
pretty much a lot of categories were hits, blocks, penalty yeah. minutes are factors. I'm in, a, I'm in a banger league too. So it all your rankings should depend on value in that regard. In our league, goalies were worth a lot, but if you're in a keeper league, you should be looking at one goalie who, like in the year I drafted Vasilevsky, Ben Bishop was the number one. But Vasilevsky was getting half of the starts. Like they were, there was a clear like Vasilevsky was the transitional plan. So look at teams that have transitional plans with goalies. You look at a guy like a like Calgary. Um, they have Cam Talbot and David Riddick. I think that's those are the two goalies. So David Riddick, you know, if you're in a keeper league, he's most likely going to be the starter down the road for Calgary. Look and see if you can draft him later. Um, Vancouver, who's going to be the goalie of the long term there? Do you think it's going to be Thatcher Demko? Do you think it? I mean, we know it's not going to be DiPietro because he got sent down. Um, so if you think it's Demko, don't draft. You always want one elite starter early in their draft. Don't unless your your league values goalies really high. Don't draft the goalie first round. Just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. Um, but you do want a good one two. Your one two starters have to be really good, and then your third starter can be like that keeper. Like in my league, um, last year I had Matt Murray, Jonathan Quick, and Andre Vasilevsky. Well, Vasilevsky got hurt. Murray got hurt. Quick then got hurt. So try to look for guys who are durable. That's kind of important. Yeah. Um, one player I really like in my league that I'm going to try to draft is Ovechkin because he does he he scores That's an off the board pick, Dave. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, it's just when I look at fantasy hockey, you, you know, like if you have number one overall, you're picking Conor McDavid. Like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, but some people are putting Nikita Kucherov second. I'm like, I would, in some leagues, I would pick Ovechkin second. Just because he gets the hits, he gets the yeah, block. Yeah, if you're playing in a, it, like you said, it's it's if whatever your format yeah. is. Exactly. So Kucherov is, I mean, he had 127 points last year, so. <laughs> kind of yeah. speaks for, I had Kucherov last year in our league, and, uh. He kind of helped me a bit. Yeah, you got you have to find value later in your rounds. You you know you can draft well. Look, first two three rounds you can draft really good players. It's your depth. That's what it is. It's all also, about your depth. Don't be that guy that drafts like sleepers every round. Yeah, that, like young guys that are poised for breakout years. It's like, uh it's there's one person in our league that does it every year. Well, and in pretty much every league, they'll just, like, some guy will jump and take Kako and Jack Hughes this year because they'll have some breakout years. And they'll be, no, don't run and grab a bunch of guys that you think will be good. Grab guys that have a track record because you never know what's going to happen. Like, Rasmus Dahlin was going, like, he was one of the better defensemen's higher-up defenders after, like, the first crop went. And he had what twenty six points, probably somewhere around there. Something or my like way that. off. He had yeah. forty. My other one is if you're a fan of a team, like if you're a Leafs fan, don't stack Leafs. Don't stack Leafs. Don't because they all play on the same day. Don't yeah, like and don't be like, oh, I'm gonna go grab Jake Muzzin, and like if Jake Muzzin is available late in your draft and you need a guy that's gonna do all the other categories, 
pick up Jake Muzzin. Like I, I've had this in multiple leagues, baseball included, where I've like I co-owned with somebody. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing is when they don't prep for the draft, so they show up and they just take players from their favorite team because they've watched them play before. Yeah, you, you, instead of taking the best player available, you have to really think about. You you have to like other guys are going to reach for picks. What yeah. you need to do is be most likely pick best player available, and then, and what I mean by that is not pick based off of rankings, okay? Because rankings get skewed. ADP is skewed. Take as the, well. You think about the categories you want to pick, and those are the ones that you need to think about your categories and what. Like in past years, I've been screwed over on. Hits and blocks. So I prioritized a little bit more on hits and blocks. Guess what? I had a problem with goal scoring. So this year, gonna try to get a good goal score. Like you, you, you live and learn. Like you're gonna have some failures. You're gonna have to work through those. And so that is our fantasy hockey advice. Uh, hopefully it helps. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you just listen to I'm our not. fantasy. If you just listen to our advice, I mean, ultimately, I always say I will give my advice, but it's your decision in the end. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, if you don't do this, you're going to lose. I'm like, no, this is what I think. If you agree, do it. If you don't, I'm not. Like, it's your team. I don't own your team. So, Austin, any final words? Absolutely, William Nylander. <laughs> I actually think William Nylander is going to have a good year. He's um, only playing with a 40-goal scorer on his line. I mean, what could go wrong? 40-goal. Oh, I think Matthews is going to get 50 this year, but we will discuss he would have gotten it last year if he wasn't injured. We will discuss that and more on the next episode of the Tip of the Tire podcast. Thank you, guys. Please subscribe, and we'll talk to you next time.